Welcome back to another episode of Enough. And I have a couple questions for you to start off this episode. Wonderful. This last weekend, you and I did a race. We did, and it was so fun. So it was. It a was ra- a live race. It like, was a live race, like we were in person. Yes. It was a team other relay. Runners. Yeah. It was fantastic. There was a start line and a finish line. Mm-hmm. Yes. And somebody like we put medals on each yes. other's necks for yes. real. It didn't get mailed to us. Yeah. yeah. It was very exciting. So I said something to you during this race, and afterwards I thought, should I have said that? So. I'm going to bring it up, and I want to know just your opinion on it. Okay. Okay. You and I didn't train really well for this run. Like, typically, we were a little off our game. Mm -hmm. Um, There was injuries. Um, I'm still having some foot pain. We we ran less. We got long runs in, but it wasn't our typical, like, die-hard training. Right. So, this race was in the Smoky Mountains, and it was had a lot of altitude to Mm -hmm. the to the runs and I had run this before so I knew what to expect but you had not right and you made a comment to me that your neighborhood had some elevation in it so you thought that that would be equivalent you know that no you didn't say equivalent right you thought that would be that you know you got some hill hill conditioning in it you kind of just made a comment like oh my neighborhood has some hills right and I was like oh girl Uh no so it's how I responded to you. It was during the race. It was a, right before you were going to run. And I basically said, oh, girl, you don't even know Hills yet. It's kind of how I put it out. And then afterwards I thought, why did I do that? Like, does that, was that to your benefit to know before you took off that my opinion was the hills that we ran are not truly preparing us for the, for the run that you're about to have? Or is that better for your mental game to know that it was going to be, that I thought it was going to be harder than the, what you're about to run? Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't mad at myself for saying it, but I thought afterwards, did that help you or did that hinder you? It really didn't do anything, honestly. Like, it did not, I did not get out of the van thinking, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do this. Or not even the van, we were in a car. Um... But I was, so I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to be able to hold up during this race because I, what, I did have an injury. When you say we didn't train, like, I didn't even run for three Three weeks weeks. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I kept my foot up a lot with ice on it for a long time. And even now, it's still kind of swollen. And so, not only did we not train... (laughs) (laughs) we didn't do the hill training and I do have a route in this neighborhood that is intense with with hills if you run it a certain way and so in my mind I was like okay I've done that before I could handle this because I was just trying to like know I could finish because my foot did hurt and so um but it was also it had also been rested. Like it was gonna hurt because it was finally starting to move again. So it didn't hinder me. Now that last two hundred foot I don't even know what it was. I think it was like a two hundred foot elevation over not a very long now time. Now to hand off the 
it was my last one and it was super intense and i think when i finished i, I think i said this to you maybe i said it to somebody else but i was like that was not timberlake like <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was not the same because it just kept going and going and you turned a curve and you kept going uphill and i've run a race in Asheville before and it was Thanksgiving one year my sister and brother my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and I ran it and it was kind of the same thing like you're just going up this mountain and you're like oh I've got to be at the top of the mountain and you turn and there's more mountain you you think where did this come from but um but yeah no it didn't hinder me good it's it wouldn't have helped me at that point I mean it wouldn't have yeah because and it was like I started and I was grateful though for our hills because the first guy I passed, he said, whew, these hills are kicking me. And I was like, ah, oh, these, these? You can do it, bye. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I know. You got it though, you've got it. Cause you don't tell somebody, like it's not bad whenever they're struggling, but um, I was grateful for the little hills, but that last elevation was a kicker for yeah. sure crazy but it was so fun it was fun so fun we had a good time okay the other thing I wanted to ask you about and this is actually my last question of the day because I only came with two but um is you have made some dietary changes lately um in order to just try something new Mm -hmm. and so you've kind of embraced the plant-based um diet regimen and so I haven't actually done a check-in with you like Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do you feel? Is it harder than what you thought? Is it easier than what you thought? At this stage in my life, it has not been a difficult adjustment. I feel like if I had started off a year ago or two years ago, it would have been a much harder adjustment because I've, I've been introduced little by little to different ingredients, different ways of cooking. You shared a cookbook with me called hmm, Power Plates, Power Up Plates. What's the name power, of it? I think it's Power Plates. Okay, mm-hmm. Power Plates. And the first time I got that cookbook, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And then I was like, what is this? What is nutritional yeast? What is tahini? Like, <laughs> I, it was things I had not used before, you know? Um, in cooking and so it was it was nice to go into it this time plant-based and it has not been difficult at all but there are so many options now for alternatives and um, it's easy to make a similar ingredients for what I'm cooking with for my family and then just make another dish for myself Last night we had lasagna and they had a meat sauce and I had a vegetable sauce, you know, but, um, and then they had the real cheese that I would mix up. And then I had, uh, which sounds crazy for me to say this now, but I had mixed up a cashew cream sauce Mm -hmm. and it was in the fridge. And so I was able to use that and then the vegan mozzarella and it did not take any extra time. But if it had been before, it would have been really difficult, I think, but it was something I wanted to do. I didn't have to do it. I was like, oh, I just want to try it. Um, I got my blood tested uh, a couple 
well, maybe about a year ago. And one of the recommendations she told me was for your blood type, um, a lot of plants are really good to eat and to lay off the animal proteins. And that was hard because back then I was super high protein, you know, which was a lot of animal protein. But the plant-based shakes I use, I had been using those already. Mm-hmm. It was just at this point, it was mild adjustments. And so, yeah, it's been good. It's awesome. been pretty good. Isn't cashew yeah. cream like fantastic? Oh my gosh. Have you made it, it with sweet with a sweetness to it yet? You can use it like... Mm-mm. on the sweet like side what? too like drizzle over things like if you add honey to it and, and or maple syrup a natural mm-hmm. maple syrup or something that you you can add to drizzle it just you use okay. it as a sweet in the sweet side i yeah. i think i no, think cashew cream is savory. like one of my favorite new finds in the world oh my gosh it is so good and all you do I is you it. soak raw cashews mm-hmm. and then you blend it and then you can keep it in the fridge to pull out to use as a dressing a cream you Mm -hmm. know it's fantastic okay awesome okay even soaking the cashews before because we had a friend years ago like five or six years ago we had a small group dinner and she made a macaroni and cheese do you remember this and it was the cheese was this cashew cream sauce and when she gave me the recipe i was like I have to soak raw cashews. I don't even know where to get raw cashews. Like years ago, right? And I've never made it. And then now it's my—it's one of my favorite things to add. I'm so excited, you know. Oh, you'll have to share that recipe with me. I remember eating it when she made it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to dig through the cook. I've never made it, so okay. I'll have to dig through the cookbooks and see if I can find it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it's great. I love it. And now I'm going to have a friend to share recipes with, so it's going to be so fun. Yes, because you've been plant-based for a while now. Yeah, I started in like uh, late January, February. Now, I'm not 100%, so I would call myself 80%. Like during the week, I mm-hmm. stay plant-based, and then on the weekends, I um, you know, don't keep those restrictions as tight. But mm-hmm. um, through Lent this last year, I went 40 days of all staying tight, but I, I'm a little more flexible but I, I love it, so it makes me excited when I, when I see somebody that also lo- is enjoying it, too. Yes. Because it, it sounds weird, but it's, it, there is, you feel good, it's mm-hmm. enjoyable, yeah, and it's yes. fun to open the doors to new foods, too. So. It is. It really is. And, okay, so this was something fun Nicole and I started doing a couple of weeks ago that you guys might want to do. So... We were messaging each other each day with just what fruits and vegetables, nuts, well, any legumes, mm-hmm. um, seeds, seed, yeah, like, and if it were if it was cooked or raw, and the intention of that was just to get more variety in our diets. That was it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we would just drop a text message, and mine say, "We'll say like raw," and then I would name off all the raw fruits or vegetables I ate that day and then cooked and we added some grains in there too I mean yeah. like we had farro or but the goal was to just expand what we're eating get more colors get mm-hmm. more you know different vitamins and minerals and that was I think I thought it was fun I thought it was fun too we kind yeah. of like died off for a little while but it it was fun it was fun and I'm not super competitive but one day I would get Dee's and I'd be like I need to step up my game because you would have like <laughs> things in there 
I'm like, hemp seeds? Okay, I use hemp seeds in a recipe, but how do you use hemp seeds? And you're like, I sprinkle them on a salad. And I'm like, I'm going to do that to my salad. <laughs> so now I sprinkle them on my salad almost always. So oh, do you? it's yeah. fun to get even new ideas by yeah, doing that. for sure. It's so fun. So cool. Yeah. So our topic today, I'm really excited about this, to talk about this topic because um, I've recently heard it on a different podcast, but then it reminded me of a conversation I had with my middle daughter when she was really little. So, so we say often, you need to see the glass half full. Like that is something... You need to see the glass half full. Are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person? And when she was little, we were, McKenna and Kelsey and I were sitting around the dinner table and she said something. And I said, Kelsey, you need to see the glass half full. And even when, as a little kid, she had an engineer type mind, you know, very methodical thinking. And she said, what glass? And I said, imagine there's a glass, you walk into the room and there's a glass on the table and there's liquid in it, there's water in it. Would you, and it's filled to here, and I showed like a glass filled to halfway. I said, would you say that glass is half full or half empty? And she thought a minute and she said, well, are you drinking it or pouring it? <laughs> and I was like, whatever like okay you're missing the point but then as I thought about it more I thought that's really clever for her to think about that and trying to teach her to see the bright side and one of the conversations I was listening to was why do we have to put a definition around around the glass like it's half but where do we want the glass to be if we want it to be full, don't just be happy that your glass is half full and be content with that and go on about your business. Like figure out if you need the glass to be full, what is it gonna take to fill that glass? And I thought, interesting. That's such an, like a different way to think about it. And so that's what I wanted to think about, to talk with you about today. Like. Have you ever had an experience where you had gratitude for what you had, but then you grew it, you added to that cup to where it needed to be or to where your vision for that part of your life was held? Yeah, I always try to be the cup half full person. Mm-hmm. And... It's funny that we do focus the way you said, like, why do we have to focus on the cup and where it's at? Mm -hmm. Because really it matters where it's going and that's where our attitude is. So, so what's the difference? Let's, let's talk about the difference in the glass half full and the glass half empty mindset, because I was going to say personalities and it tends to be a personality trait because it does, you find Mm -hmm. that people that they see the glass half empty, it's a chronic, it's their chronic vision on the way they look at things versus the glass half full, there's like a chronic vision. Well, it's a mindset issue. And then your mindset does end up shaping your personality because it controls your emotions too. Yeah, so or if you it. are somebody that has a glass half full mindset, mm-hmm. then 
you're always looking or you try to look on where it's going to go. Like, what can I do with this? It's almost like you start seeing that line where the liquid is as your foundation to get started. I mean, so one of my favorite sayings in my brain is I'm not behind, I'm just getting started. And I try to pass that on to people. Like I've tried to speak that into people. Like if somebody's in a, you know, in a place of bad health, like maybe they're not happy where their weight is. Okay. So today's day one, you're not behind. You're just getting started. Right. If your house is in chaos, if you are tend to be a hoarder and you have a lot of things and you look around and you become overwhelmed by it. Well, okay. Today's day one, you're not behind. You're just getting started. So your glass, that line where the water is, is your line, and then you get to decide where you go with it. Mm-hmm. And if you're planning, if that's your starting point, then you can take it wherever you want. And that would be that mindset of where are you going with it? What are you going to do with it? What's the possibility out there? Versus if the line, if you are a hoarder, and the line of, you know, you have places in your house maybe that have some order and then you have places in your house that have chaos but you're a glass half empty person you're always focusing on the chaos and you don't see possibility to make it any better then actually that's probably still you're not behind you're just getting started works for that too because what you're getting started is is just continue to be in a place of feeling sorry for yourself a place of you're going to keep driving it down yeah so it's the driver it's you're driving it up or you're driving it down wherever you're at today. I, I don't know. I don't even know if this is going the direction that you were, you were. No, playing. I wanted to talk about it. And I love the way your brain works too around things because you do have that growth mindset and it even comes out in the way that you interpret the question because you said, I mean, it's, you see, I think if you see a glass half, full then you see it as this is where it is now but it's getting better and I think some people when they hear you need to see the glass half full is you need to be content that that's all you have Mm. and that's all you're ever gonna have and don't strive for more and hold on to it so you don't lose it figure out how to be happy with what you have what you've got like this is what the cards you've been dealt figure out how to be happy with it yeah and you can't change it. And now, that whole mindset that I just talked about was, it was described in that conversation I was listening to. And I thought, this is so fascinating. So when you tell somebody, see the glass half full, like I told my daughter, it will mean so many different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But I like what you said too about the um you said this is day one and one of the things i've really embraced lately is this is just where you are and so where do you want to go from there and your decisions and your mindset and your energy and your intentions are going to decide which way you go and so i like day one could start really messy i mean you know what i mean like there's a lot of scenarios that we could get ourselves in um if we're struggling if our kids are struggling with schoolwork and we're trying to find out how to help them, it may, day one may be really messy. Yeah. But there's totally a different attitude behind, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get you the help you need. We're going to make sure that you have an area that brings you peace. We're going to find where your distractions are. We're going to mm-hmm. talk to your teachers. We're going to, you know, like you have that. Or 
you've really screwed this up. This is where you're at and you've really screwed this up and I don't know how you're going to get out of this, but you better start working really hard. That's, that's a rough place to start from, but that would right. be different of, you know, and, and if you don't, then look what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to continue to drain that tank. You know, you're just going to get yourself farther in a hole and you're not going to get yourself out. I mean, yeah. you know, those, those are two different ways to look at where you're at. And it doesn't change the fact that where you're at, it may be a messy place, but there is a difference on where you go from here. So that glass half full is where do you go from here with your, with your brain, the way, the way you see it. Mm-hmm. So I was on this um, call this morning. It was... Um, it was, a, it was about business owners and what this year has done for businesses and really talked about, it used the word resilience. Mm-hmm. And that oh, that's word, a great word, oh, mm-hmm. it, because resilience has been able, if you can, if you test or think about how resilient you are, then it also, you're able to see the trajectory of where you go after being in conflict or having issue in your life. If you stay in this place of um, struggle, if you mm-hmm. own, I mean, if you just stay there and stew in there and allow, you know, don't, don't have hope and it's not working to change and adapt and adjust. If you don't have the resilient to adapt and adjust during changing times, then the progress, like they had this line graph, your progress is Either you stay where you're at and that, and that mentally may be in a really bad place mm-hmm. or it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse because you are unable to adapt and adjust to where you're at. But people that have resilience, and those are the people that the businesses right now are changing what they're doing, making different decisions. You know, it may be a restaurant that is using all new carryout options. They had to change their menu around to make it happen during these changing times. I have this, um, this person I'm following on Facebook, their restaurant shut down. She's in a state that there's not any indoor seating. And she has started packing ingredients. Families can come pick them up. And then she does a live Facebook demo and cooks it along oh, with nice. the families. That's like I'm awesome. thinking that's resilience. Yes. That's a, that's a That's a person that had her cup she saw that cup as half full because she was in a really cruddy situation. That restaurant is her, that's where her, her and her husband work. That's the family income. And in the time where they are unable to open the doors, they had a lot of resilience. She saw that cup as half full and she was ready to build it, figure it out, take care of business. And there's a lot of people that can't, can't do that. They just, it's not that they are not capable of doing it. It's they're unable where they're at to be able to do that. They see that glass to them, their doors are shut and it's the, the drink is just gonna, it's just gonna dwindle. Like, yeah. And they could do it if they made the decision to do it. Right. Right. But they don't even realize that they're in that mental place in order to make a shift. Yeah. Cause when you're super overwhelmed, then it's hard to be able to take a step back and see the situation from a different perspective. And, and listen, I'm not saying if you're a restaurant owner and your restaurant ends up not making it through um, these times that you didn't do everything you could. I, I, I want to I go ahead and yeah, put that out there sure. because the, 
the restaurant business in general is hard enough when you have full capacity in your seating area. Um, so I feel for any I feel for any business owner that has been affected by this. What's interesting for me to watch though through it is those that have adapted and adjusted to be able to stay afloat during these hard times. And to me, that is incredibly inspiring to watch. And truly, true resilience doesn't come without conflict and without uh, stressors and without failure. That's where the resiliency comes from because when you've had the failure, uh, your business does close. Well, that doesn't mean, like you said, that you weren't resilient. Your demonstration of resiliency is what do you do, do now? Next. That's yeah. right. Where do and you go you, from here? Yeah. And you look at so many of the greatest visionaries that have created things that we still benefit from today. And the number of rejections they got, uh, bankruptcies they filed, you know, the failures they had. Man, those are the best movies. So, like... If that is the story of your life right now, don't hit pause or stop in the movie. Like, make it a really great ending. Yeah. I love that you even said movie because in my mind I'm thinking there's certain celebrities that we love, love, love that have been turned down for so many roles. Yes. Right? Or musicians. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. Like, it really is seeing, seeing hope and realizing that you have it in you mm-hmm. to push past Whatever, whatever stumbling block has been put there. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, so like the movie The Greatest Showman. And I know that was all like Hollywood up, Hollywood oh, it up so or good. whatever. And, you know, they added great music and storylines to it. But again, the story of failure after setback, after, you know, failure, rejection. I mean, he was, he just lived in this failure, rejection, setback sandwich, whether... It was the cards that life dealt him or the decisions he made himself. And regardless of your feelings on what the circus ended up being, like if you just look at the story of resiliency, like if you see that storyline in it, then it's so admirable how he just did not give up. And there's so much more than that. what was in Yeah, that I mean, movie, I had a but... friend who her husband um, lost his job and she had not been the breadwinner in the family ever. Mm-hmm. And she chose to pursue um, a career that was totally out of her comfort zone. But, and she did it with this joyous heart. That's ultimately she wanted, they didn't want their situation to end up the way it was. Like that wasn't the story they would have written for themselves. Right. But they didn't stay there. Like she made a change and a choice and adapted and adjusted to what was going on and kept going. If yeah. I thought of the word resilient, that that person would come to mind immediately because yeah. they they can't stay in this place of loss and sadness. It, it would have buckled them. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, okay, here's our situation. What do we do now? Yeah. And, you know, as we were talking about this, such a great illustration for the glass half full or empty is our finances. Mm. And it has been a tough year. For business owners, it's been a tough year personally. And now we're going into a holiday season where money is always top of mind. And 
there can be so many emotions that start to come around um, your finances and when they're not where you want them to be. And when you're feeling like you're playing with a half full bank account that is dwindling, you know, like there's fear and there's frustration and sometimes shame or whatever, like guilt, all these different emotions creep in from whether it's from overspending or just frustration that you don't have what you normally have or you're upset that you're not going to be able to, to have the type of holiday that you would typically have. And so thinking of it from a financial standpoint, it's hard. It's hard to look and say, what's causing this glass to be half empty and to take ownership of that? Because, I mean, that's a really hard thing to do with your finances, right? Because so much is personally tied to that. Well, and I want to keep going with the finances because I started thinking as you were talking about how much ego plays in our finances, Mm -hmm. pride and ego. Yeah. And so uh, several years ago, I mean, it was probably eight or nine years ago, Ben and I had a really tough year and we didn't bounce back from it the way that we thought we would. And we had to make some changes. Like we were getting ourselves in a really bad position and we had to make some changes. And so that's when I embraced the Dave Ramsey Mm-hmm. plan and I went through and I read his books and I presented it to Ben and he was like what I mean you know like yeah like yeah, yeah. okay these credit cards we have hun, we're gonna cut them up I mean yeah and there was this there was this feeling of well we just won't use them we're not actually gonna cut them up no we're physically going to cut them up mm-hmm. and it took a little to get him on board because Dave's um, processes are a little different as far as how you pay things off and stuff like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make sense if you try to, from what you know and have been taught, you try to analyze it. It doesn't seem to make sense. Right. But yet, I will tell you his systems do make sense and they do work. Mm-hmm. And um, so at first, Ben was like, this doesn't make sense. And I, and I was just like, we have to trust it. And sure enough, now he would tell you a totally different story. But, right. um, but I started thinking as you were talking about how much ego is tied around our money and so that gets in the way of us we we drain we keep draining the glass because we're trying to protect an ego Mm -hmm. and if we go back to the word resilience that's not resilience that's um that's messy I don't, you know, like I really feel like when resilience paid through, that's when we made some serious changes and sacrifices and pushed through in order to, to keep everything afloat and end up where we wanted to be. We couldn't get, we would have, we would have sunk if we would have let ego just be what drove our decisions financially. And that's a great word, ego, because it really is a desire to feel something in self, right? Like, so whatever your issue is with the, with the finances, you're right. A lot of those self-inflicted issues are ego driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with finances, for sure, it's easy to do that. It's really hard though, to take that first step and whether that first step is, let me write down what I'm spending 
what am I, where is my money going? Because once we can identify where our money is going, then we can put a better plan around what we want to do with it. Um, reaching out to a planner, reaching out to somebody who's knowledgeable to say, I kind of screwed up, I think, but I don't want to anymore. And I want help. Like you have to humble yourself. You have to put your ego at yes. bay and say, can you help me with this? But all the while you're seeing the, when you going back to the glass half full or half empty, you're grateful for what you do have. You're grateful for those streams of income, but you're not sticking your head in the sand and saying, nope, well, I have enough to do this. I'm just going to be grateful for that. Like you're saying, I really want it to be here. I really feel like my family needs it to be here. My, the places I want to give to, they need me to be here so that I can pour into them. And then making a plan and going after that with whatever it is. Like I just, finances popped into my head and I thought, wow, that's a really great visual because that's something in your life that you hold in a tank, if mm -hmm. you will, and you can easily watch it uh, fluctuate up and down. But I do think with recessions or times where the financial stressor comes from outside of you in your household, it's easier to address in those times because it's almost like you have an excuse for why you're there but it's a great opportunity to then take a look inside. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast. When the 2008-2009 recession hit and we had, we got hit hard. I lost 25% of my income. It was cut. A condo we owned did not rent, so we had to pay it, the mortgage on that. And that also paid our boat and it paid the insurance on the condo and it paid the HOA. So not only and it so not only did we have to pay our mortgage, we had to pay all those other things. And um it was tough. It was really tough. And I got pregnant and we had given away all of our baby stuff before. So it was tough and I had a jar. And at the end of the month I had a certain amount of money, which was not very much money to spend on food and I kept it in cash. We had to go to the Dave Ramsey ish envelope like, system. Yeah. Yeah. Out of necessity, mm -hmm. like we had to deal in cash that way. And I would take it and I was pregnant and I would go to this big chain store that I really am not a fan of, but it was the best prices and I would be so frustrated and I would have to take my jar, like get my money out of the jar and go get it. And then I'm unloading all this stuff into my car and we would go grocery shopping one day a month to get all the big stuff and then just supplement with meats and things that would expire. But I learned so much through that experience. I think we could do a whole podcast on what we've learned through those financial struggles. And it is something I never want to go back. I never want to go back through that. But I would not give anything for that either because I learned so much. And I put so many new systems in place that I still use today. And it's systems that don't make sense to everybody. They make a 
total sense to me and it really helps me. But during that time, mm -hmm. we built a new Chick-fil-A in our town. And the funniest thing was we could only go out to eat if we had money left over in that jar at the end of the month. And I remember when we had like a couple, of, like a little bit of money left over and we got to go get Chick-fil-A. I was so excited. I was like, best day ever. I don't know. It was so dumb, but that's just where we were. Like we're, and we were also looking at, this could get a lot worse because the company could shut its stores. Like we took a pay cut, but it could shut its stores. So what do we do from there? But yeah, the Lord's so good too. Yeah. I Like when you ask for wisdom from him, he gives it to you. I agree with you. I love the things I learned during that time and I don't want to go back, but yeah. I, but I love, I love being on the other side of it. I don't, I don't know that I had a lot of gratitude when I was in it. I'm not sure. Like, I'd have to really think about that. It was a long time ago. But, I, well, I always had gratitude when I was finding, when I was, when it was working. Like, I was figuring it out and making it work. Mm -hmm. But my gratitude was not in the situation. My gratitude was in the faith that God would never leave me. Mm -hmm. And my gratitude was in that. I was going to learn something from it, even though I didn't know what I was going to learn from it. I knew he wasn't going to leave me, and I knew if I gave him an opportunity to teach me something, he would. And that's where my gratitude came in. I was not grateful for the situation at all, but yeah, that's where my gratitude So during came the in. time that, that we... This, when the, I really had the struggle and we had to hone down, I became a master couponer. I don't know if you know that about me. But I, I mean, I, mean I was the one that sometimes I would get paid to buy items. Like, it just, nice. I, oh, I had, I had a system and I had it down. But it was so good. And I remember the one meal that when we would have the money left over and we'd get a meal out. Mm -hmm. It was always chicken wings. But, was it? Yeah, it was. But... But it, it does go back to the glass half full, glass half empty, because if we had taken on that demeanor of everything's falling apart, we're losing all of our money, like the glass is half empty, that would have trickled down to our family, mm -hmm. to our husband, our kids, our situation with work or the community, and it would have colored those days in our lives like really dark and gloomy but we didn't have that attitude around it it was okay we're gonna figure this out we're gonna talk with the lord and he's gonna show us and he's gonna help us and that is the difference it's not the situation it's your approach to the situation and if you don't if you just don't put you don't have to put an emotion around where the glass is just identify where is your glass and where do you want it to be? Okay, what do you need to do to get there? Yes. So, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for joining us today. And if you would like to learn more about Didi or myself or our coaching or just connect with us on social media, then go to www.liveyourdesign.life. Have a great week, guys.